Hey family, I'm Zoe and I'm an alcoholic and I'm really uh, happy to be here. When Mark asked me to share um, on step one, I, um, I thought to myself, it's quite a lot of responsibility, you know, to share on um, step, step one, you know, because apparently it's the one we have to do 100%, yeah. So what I learned in, um, from sponsorship and my early experience in AA was that um, when I put a drink or a drug in my body, I crave more of it, you know, and that was, um, that was my experience. And um, that was my experience. Um, but what the sad part for me was, was that I had this romantic love affair with alcohol and drugs. And um, it was there when I was lonely and it was there when I went to a wedding and it was there when I was frightened and it was there for me when I um, was unable because of fear to reach out to another human being and, and tell them where I'm really at. Um, and it was there for me um, until it wasn't, you know, and um, in my first, not my first go at sobriety, but this time around, my sobriety date is the 23rd of June, 2015. And um, it was suggested to me that I write a letter to booze. And I thought, well, that's just bloody ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, you know, I did, and, and I didn't realize like how um, enmeshed I, I was with it, you know, throughout my, since I started. You know, and, and I put from the beginning of my drinking and drug use to the end, uh, hopefully the end, um, sort of bullet points, you know, of, of like what happened um, and, and changing the drink or the drug. And, um, you know, I mean, step one, meetings I usually hear this huge like drunkologue about the disasters of drinking and the consequences of drinking you know and, and I look back over my experience with that and um, the consequences didn't um, make a blind bit of difference you know when I had consequences like uh, crashing my car and I put my mate in the back seat in intensive care for quite some time I just changed my drink to drugs, thinking that I was doing the right thing. Um, you know, and fast forward to the end of my drinking, that consequence um, and that uh, trauma or whatever, the last day I took a drink, I was drink driving. And, um, you know, to sort of realize that stuff, I, fe I felt incredibly embarrassed, you know. And I remember being, um, you know, a kid and um, my parents split up, you know, when I was um, about five and a half. 
My mum took me away. I hated her. I hated the fact I was born two days after Christmas. I hate, you know, I just was full of hate. I was like this little kid full of hate and fear and, um, you know, and, and all that. And, um, and I remember the first time I got drunk and I, and I, and I felt great. And I knew I was going to do it again. Um, so anyway, in two, 2000, I think, 2010, I think it was, um, I remember going to the doctor. I didn't know nothing about AA. And if I did, it was full of like um, street drinking. Uh, old, old men, I certainly didn't belong in AA. And, and I didn't think really I had a drink problem. What the problem was is that every now and again, I was unable to function because I was getting too pissed. So I went to the doctor. I totally lied to him about how much I was drinking. But I did admit that I think I've got a bit of a drink problem. And um, they sent these people around to my, to my house to do like a home detox, you know, and this is like the first I've heard of it. And they gave me these pills. Um, and the deal was that I take so many on the first day and then I take some on the next, next day. And, and it was for five days or something like that. And, um, and I remember those pills made me feel quite good. So the next day I saved the ones I was supposed to be having to the following day so I could take more of these pills. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the madness of it, you know, how can I manage, you know, uh, I had no clue that I was like unable to manage my life. I had no clue that when I'm trying to manage my life, it turns into a disaster. I just I just didn't have a clue and I, and I remember um, I, I actually stopped drinking off that home detox for about a month and um, <laughs> I was online uh, buying all these uh, legal highs and um, <laughs> I was um, uh, what else was I doing oh energy drinks you know I was having about eight of those um, you know them cans I don't know if you get them all over the world but in the UK you get these cans of monster ripper and I'd have like eight of those a day, you know, and um, and I remember once driving from one end of the country to the other and I'd taken about eight, eight cans of this Monster Ripper and I'm driving down the motorway and I had to pull over on the hard shoulder and just lie down on the floor because I was just buzzing with this sugar and, you know, and I made the decision so I thought, this is ridiculous, you know, this kind of sober living it's too painful, I don't get it, um, you know, so, so I thought, well, I'll just have like some 0.6% lagers, so I bought 12 of those, and, uh, and, I, and I drank them all, and I did feel a little bit better, and the next day, um, you know, I was like a West Country cider drinker, you know, I love that scrumpy jack, it used to make me, it used to make me tittier, prettier, and wittier, all in one go, you know, like I, I used to love it. By, by lunchtime, I felt just right, you know, and by tea time, I, I was feeling like I could take on the world, you know, and by four o'clock in the morning, I was puking all over myself, promising myself I'd never do it again. And uh, sure enough, I'd pass out, wake up, eyes are open. I took a breath in, I need a drink, you know, and that's how it went, and that's how it went. Uh, I did another home detox, I think about a year later, um, 
and that lasted I, I can't remember something seven eight months which is which was like the longest time I could remember you know I never drew a sober breath and um, <laughs> I was batshit crazy you know the 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 kind of bedevilments I couldn't I couldn't get on with people and I couldn't have a, a relationship and you fucking putting your shoes in the wrong place and you you're not doing it right and and you 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 just all all of you, you you're all crazy you know and uh so lo and behold this sobriety thing you know my experience of being sober um it was shit you know so I I just thought do you know what um I couldn't do it I couldn't do sobriety and I couldn't see like any point to it at all um, you know, so I had the bright idea. I thought, well, I'll start drinking again. And um, by this time, I'm drinking vodka and I'm taking amphetamines. And um, and I, I remember this period of uh, I'd lost my job, you know, all these things that come with uh, active alcoholism. I couldn't remember which relationship I was in, but I was in a relationship with someone or some, some you know, somebody. And... Um, and I remember I just loaded my car up, put the dogs in the back, some dirty washing, a few house plants, and I just left, you know, and I've done that over and over and over again, you know, when it gets painful enough, I run away for a new start, yeah, for a new start. And um, and I get to this new start, and but unfortunately I take myself with me, you know, and, and it's not long before I'm, hanging out in pubs like the Dirty Bottles, you know, that opens at eight o'clock in the morning. It's not long before I'm hanging out in places like Uncle Tom's cabin, which has got sawdust on the floor in case the boys piss themselves, you know, and those were my places. I loved them places, you know, I loved hanging out with the men, talking about how awful women were and, you know, all that. Yeah, bless you. You, I, I bet your wife's a nightmare, isn't she? You know, I was like the men's counsellor, you know, the, the, young, the, the young girl that would listen to all the men's, you know, woes and all that, you know, and not knowing that I've got more in common with these men. I was out, my partner's at home cooking dinner and I'm out in the pub having a whale of a time. Couldn't give a shit. You know, it doesn't cross my mind about anybody else. I'm doing what I want to do. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and it just went on. And when you got on my nerves, I would just change my number or I would move or I just, you know, and I had these poor lads, you know, following me around. I love you. You know, as soon as you said, I love you, will you marry me? I'm like, see ya. You know, I can't. I can't deal with your kind of wet behind the ears ro romance. You know, you're getting in the way, you know. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and I couldn't see it. You know, I couldn't see like what I call the third part of step, step one. You know, we've got this, uh, I have this body, but when I put booze or drugs in and some foods that I want more, you know, cheese and uh, crackers and loads of butter, I'll have a couple of them and, I, and I'll just go, I'm already looking forward to eating the whole packet, you know. Um, <laughs> so the body, you know, I have, and, and I learned that early on and I thought, right, so all I need to do is just not drink and, and, and not, not use. But unfortunately, I've got this mind, you know, that obsesses about not necessarily uh, obsessing about having a drink, having a drink, having a drink, but it obsesses about 
I need to feel better. I need to feel better. I need to feel better. I need to change how I feel. I'm not feeling okay, you know, and, and that manifests into, I need to go to the supermarket. Holy, you know, holy crap, how am I going to do that? And, um, you know, before you know it, I'm so full of fear, I'm not going out and sobriety doesn't seem very good all of a sudden. Mm. Um, you know, but when I came in in 2015, um, what I learned was like the second half of step one was like my life run on my by me and, and basically what I mean by that is that I'm not talking to anybody else I'm not running my plans ideas and whatever for the future by anyone I'm just going out thinking it's a good idea and I'm doing it and um, you know and that's where this program's really helped me because I've got somewhere where I can come and people get it you know that that restlessness and I feel irritable unless I've eaten cake or I feel, you know, I, I, I can't make a living because I'm not earning enough or, or you know, I, I can't fill this void in, inside of me, you know, when I'm trying to live on, on my own, you know, and um, <laughs> I, uh, it, it's embarrassing, you know, I still like talking about it now. I, I, I feel embarrassed, you know, I feel embarrassed. So I can't cope, you know, I can't cope unless I'm going to meetings, unless I'm working a programme for me. Uh, because, you know, I'm not all there in the head. And that was new news, you know. And, and even though, uh, you know, writing down bullet points of what my drinking was like, when I look back before the drinking and in recovery, um, and without the drugs and without the alcohol, and without like the major behaviors like the thieving and the, and the sex and all of this drama, I'm le I left with a front row uh, seat to, to me and my thinking, you know, my head for the past few days has been, it's been doing a share, you know, it's been doing a step one share. And I'm not kidding you, every person here, it was fucking, it was amazing what it was coming up with. You know, it was brilliant. I was so impressed. But when, you know, when I have to voice, you know, and that's when I come into the body and voice something, it comes out totally different. You know, and that for me is like the unmanageability, you know, the... The mind is going, oh, you should say this, and they're doing that, and diddly do, and diddly, yip, dip, 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 dip. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a, a little budgie on crack. It just doesn't shut up, you know. And um, but when I'm in a meeting and I'm here and I'm present and I'm with you, that unmanageability is paused for a while, you know. Um, since I've come into recovery, I haven't. Uh, I can't crave a drink before having a drink. It happens after. That's my experience. In recovery, I've wanted to change how I feel, feel a lot. Um, and there's no taking a pill and or, you know, um, acting out in the ways that I used to. You know, I can't act out in the old ways I used to because I'm not that person anymore, you know. I've got this gift of, like, Oh, being awake, you know, uh, uh, step one 
I've gone through and through and through and I have to be reminded of it on a daily basis, you know, that on my own, I lack so much love that's available to me, you know, I lack it. I can't, I can't give it to myself, you know, I can't, I can't, I just don't have, have, have the tools or the, um, the qualities of uh, discipline and, and, you know, in recovery I, I learned to um train to be a, a, a yoga teacher because I thought that that would cure me for sure you know that'll cure me um and you know what thinking about it I would love to get up in the morning and do some warrior poses and some downward dogs and you know bring in the day and all that it, with, it, it's not reality for, for me you know it's it's not that's like a fantasy and, and when I'm off in fantasy, before you know it, I, I've gone and done a load of shopping. You know, this unmanageability still goes on. And, and, and I'm like, I have to fucking rein it in. You know, I have to come back because I'm off. You know, I'm, I, I'm off. Um, and the tools that I get given is I just, I just sit my ass down, you know. I've heard in the rooms recoveries where my butt is, you know, or where my feet are, whatever. But it, it really is, if I'm right here and I can feel my heart beating, I'm not causing any harm to anyone, I'm not shopping, I'm right here and I'm okay, you know, I'm okay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, my state of mind is so much clearer today, you know, and, um, and I feel that, I feel like I've got a long, long way to go, but I know that if I stick around with you guys, um, you know, that I'll get to experience the promises or, you know, being able to be okay in my own skin and, um, you know, all of that. I, I don't know. Basically, if you, if you, if, my experience was if I found myself in AA, I um if I found myself in AA, there's a high chance I've gone over that line, you know, where I've just had a sherry on a Christmas day or whatever and um and thought I had a problem, you know, it it it, it um it 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 got messy, you know. There's a bit there's a bit in the big book and it says incomprehensible demoralization you know and um and I feel that you know that's where I was I in that place incomprehensible you know I, I just I was I, I was knackered and I'm so grateful that I survived it you know that I survived it and that I can be of help to others um you know, and strangely, the more I'm not thinking about myself and the more I'm thinking about other people, the better I feel, you know. I mean, I um, had this big problem with uh, ego deflation and selfish and self-centeredness and all that. And I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a lady, you know. That's obviously for the men. I don't need my ego deflated. I'm not selfish. But that's my ego saying all that crap to me you know the truth is I am I am selfish you know an example of that in recovery recently was um 
I took my dear old mum off to a photo shoot. She hates having a photo taken. I took her off to a photo shoot, um, you know, and made it all about her. It's about her birthday. And it wasn't. It was all about it was all about me. You know, look at me being a good daughter and aren't I nice taking my mum off to a photo shoot? And, you know, I, I wanted the rewards. There was always, there was like a, a motive behind that action, you know, and that's the stuff I need to look out for, you know, that's the stuff. Um, recently as well, I, um, my dog had a puppy, just one puppy, and um, my friend uh, has, has got the puppy. And, uh, and I can feel a bit of um, discomfort inside myself because I think she should be ringing me up telling me how the puppy is every other day, you know, that I, that I need to know. But the thing is, it's her fucking dog. It's nothing to do with me anymore. You know, once I let the dog go, it's nothing to do with me. But, uh, you know, there are times when I think, she hasn't let me know how that dog is for a week. <laughs> you know, who the, who the hell do I think I am, you know? Um, but it, it, it just, it goes on, it goes on. And, and I just try and, you know, it's a real serious thing. I've got, I, you know, this is a deadly fucking disease. But if I can't laugh from now, now, now and again about it, you know, and it isn't about um, laughing about I have alcoholism, but it's laughing about the shit that goes through my head. You know, I, it, it's... And when I start having a laugh about it, the reaction in my body with the exhale of the laugh and the vibration of the belly and the chest, you know, and I get, I get this kind of release of like, I'm the fucking joke, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm the joke. Um, I'll just end on this. Um, I, I have um, a relationship with my father today, which is really wonderful in recovery. Um, you know, I was a bitch to him, um, and and also I went no contact, thinking I was doing everyone a favour, you know. And now in recovery, we talk, you know, like every Sunday evening if if we can, you know, unless we've got plans. And he rang me up last night, and his um, his his dog is it's it's old basically, and um and it and it's becoming quite weak, and and he rang me up, and he was like desperately upset about about this dog and and I remember when I was drinking I never would have thought that my parents or people that I knew had any thoughts or feelings you know or any empathy because I didn't and I could really hear that kind of that sadness in it in his voice you know that this inevitable thing that we all suffer from you know this thing called life you know um and it was just really beautiful to be there on the for him, you know, just to be an ear to listen for him to sort of not offload on, but just to be there and be present with him, you know, and um, and just to be available. Um, you know, I consider like Twistnew as my home group, and in a way, it's changed my life because I, I'd be in AA meetings and I, I felt I couldn't talk about my drugs. You know, and, and, and that was part of my story. And, um, you know, I, I took drugs and I drank round the clock. And if I ran out of drugs, I get drunk. And then I, there's a problem. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I was one of them drinkers where I would drink and go around breathing in, um, you know, hoping that no one would fucking notice. 
you know, if that isn't a self prison, I don't know what is, you know, and now I can go around breathing on people freely, whether they like it or not. And I don't have to think or worry that uh, they're going to think I'm drunk, you know, I might have just had too much garlic or whatever, but, you know, um, but yeah, I, I, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, to snow for me. And, um, you know, I work a step program sometimes, sometimes don't, sometimes I do. Um, I have a face-to-face -face meeting that I go to when I, I was there today. And there was a girl in there, she, she um, was sober for, for quite a while. And um, she came back a few weeks ago and she was in the meeting today and she's obviously taken something else and her face is all beaten up and, and she's twitching and all that. And, and I sat and, and she talked and I listened and I didn't leave that meeting thinking, God, that was such a waste of my time. I left that meeting feeling grateful that I could be there to listen like you were there when I needed someone to listen to my life story too, you know. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now and um and just thank you all. Thank you all for my my sobriety and my recovery and I'll leave it there. <laughs>